to grow up where we are healing the child within us while respectfully and lovingly raising the child that's in front of us. Are you ready? It's time to grow up. Welcome back to episode number eight. My name is Amy, your host, and thanks for being here as always. Um, In this episode, it's going to be a little bit different. I have an interview lined up to share with you all. Um, I'm talking to an amazing therapist out of New York. Um, Her name is Erica, and she has a ton of awesome information to share with all of us about anxiety, anxiety in our children, how to parent children with anxiety, even parenting through our own anxiety, and just kind of a whole conversation revolving around all of that good stuff. So I know from just some of the polls I've put out there on Instagram that there are a lot of you in this community that struggle with those types of things. And so it was very insightful for me. And I know that you'll get a lot of great info from it as well. So I'm just very, very excited to hear from you and and see how it all lands for everybody out there. Remember, you can reach out to me on Instagram at grow.up.ig. Or you can always shoot me an email at thegrowuppod at gmail.com. I thought this episode would be particularly useful as we find ourselves right in the middle of the holiday season and there's tons of just moving parts and extra stressors on everybody and our children and lots of big feelings and lots of strange behaviors, whether it be from ourselves or our children or other adults. And just thought it would be a really good one to drop this week so that if you find yourself up against those things this week, you feel like you have a couple more tools in your tool belt to get you through it. So without further ado, here's the interview. All right. Hi, Erica. Glad to have you on the show. So excited to have you here. Um, For all the listeners, um, I have an awesome interview with Erica um, coming up here and it's going to be amazing. I, I, this is someone who I've been following on Instagram and all of her content that she puts out is just something that really resonates with me and my story. And in just the little bit of, you know, communication I've shared with a lot of the followers here. I think it's going to be something so valuable for all of you too. So I'm just so, so, so excited to have Erica here today. Um, Erica, do you want to just tell us like a little bit about yourself and about your account and kind of what you're doing and all that good stuff? Sure. Well, thanks for having me, like I said, but yeah, I'm Erica Zeisman. I am a licensed clinical social worker. I am licensed in New York. But my account is called Therapy with Erica. And really the impetus for the account was really just to share my knowledge and to share my own like story. And it kind of morphed into this account, very focused on anxiety and change and giving parents tips for kids because it's really hard to be a kid, but it's even harder sometimes to be a parent raising that kid, especially in the world we live in now. And there's so many different parenting tools. So I really just love talking about anxiety and things that we can do to understand it better and to cope, but not necessarily try to like get rid of it because it is something that I think is a part of us. And yeah, it's been a journey. It's been really fun. And my favorite part's been really connecting with people like yourself and just learning from other people too. But that's kind of a little bit about me. Oh, and I work as a therapist, obviously, and I do some coaching too mostly with kids, but I love that. And I love you saying that it's hard to be a kid because I think you know, so, and so much, and even on, and even on our podcast or my podcast, it's, you know, we talk a lot about kind of like the reparenting aspect and like the adult behind the scenes aspect, but you're right. Kind of like giving credit to the fact that, you know, childhood seems once you're an adult seems like so easy, but really there's so much stress. And like, they're going through a lot of these things for the first time and like just going through like growing and different 
things with friends or school. And then let's not even forget the fact that we're in this pandemic and what that's done to everybody. And not only is it hard to be a kid, but you're right. They're growing up in a house with parents that are going through all these changes too. So like, it's kind of like this cycle where it's probably feeding off of each other. I would have to imagine. Yeah, for sure. I think what happens a lot of the time is, especially like in, I feel like our generation or like the generation below us is that we're very aware at this point of kind of our own stuff that we need to work on within healing our own traumas and our own just like childhoods. Cause we all have things to heal from. And then simultaneously you're dealing with your child who's going through childhood for the first time. So it's just a lot of, I think, pressure. And yeah, I think when a parent is anxious, a lot of times a child will exhibit some of those behaviors as well. So it becomes this like cycle and we're trying to get out of this cycle. Oh my God. I'm like, have you been like recording me at my house? I'm pretty sure <laughs> like, that's, that's exactly. So just to give like a quick background, um, I feel like I'm realizing now as a 35 year old adult that the majority of my life, I mean, I can think back to being a young child, like my son's four. So almost as young as my son and doing things that now I'm realizing were completely anxiety based. And I kind of have grown up and it makes me laugh because up until COVID, so March of 2020, I was 34 at that time. It's like, then it became clear when I was actually having the panic attacks or the anxiety attacks, like then I was like, oh my God, I have anxiety. But when I look back at, at my patterning and my, my thought processes and stuff like that, I'm like, I've had anxiety for the better half plus of my life. And I didn't even know that's what I was going through. And um, I kind of just thought everyone else thought the same way, but maybe handled it, handled it better or differently, you know? And it's just so interesting now to see things with my son who's four and I talked about it in the last episode, like I'm seeing all these stress behaviors coming out and, and it's, and it's hard because it's almost like the chicken or the egg. And it's hard, of course, as a parent to not have that like parental guilt of like, oh my gosh, is he like this? Because he's been watching me be like this. And should I have been handling my stuff better? And had I gotten a handle on myself sooner, could I have been different for him? And it's like this weird thing of like trying to like support him but also feeling like bad or guilty that like they have the same challenges that you have, but you like see the writing on the wall. And then I, and I have this thought process in the back of my head. That's like, well, who better to help my son with this than somebody who also has this, but yeah, it's like this hard, hard, you know, relationship between wanting to support your child, but also feeling that way yourself and wondering like, did this come from me and how can I do better? So like, what kind of insight do you have on that kind of a struggle. Yeah. There's so much I could say. I like first kind of want to echo a little bit of your story is that I I'm 29 and I, you know, went to school for psychology, went to school for social work afterwards for my grad program. And I probably didn't identify myself as an anxious person until like my first year of grad school. Wow. And I didn't start therapy until like my second semester of grad school, I believe my math is right. And, you know, I think growing up, I had the same kind of experience. I have great parents, but my mom is a very anxious person. I didn't identify her as that when I was younger. I don't think I had that word. Anxiety wasn't in my vocabulary like it is now, but we, you know, I, there were so many behaviors I exhibited as a child where I would like avoid a lot of things, or I would like not want to go to school, or I would have a lot of friendship, you know, I was very concerned about how friends thought of me, all of these things. And again, like my parents were great parents, very attentive, always there for me, all this stuff, but they didn't have the knowledge to say, oh wait, like this is anxiety. Right. And I think now, especially with you and your son, you have this knowledge, 
when you have this awareness. So it's not about, you know, quote unquote, if I'm putting air quotes, fixing yourself, it's really about just letting some space for the fact that anxiety is difficult, but it's also a feeling. And if we can take away some of the the fear around having it and really focus on, okay, what is it teaching me or what is going on or what is it that feels scary or worrisome or what, what about the future is, you know, feels out of my control and really have those conversations around it and learn to deal with it. Like in the body, it can be really helpful for both of you. And I agree with what you said when you're, when somebody has anxiety and then they have a child who is exhibiting those symptoms too. I I think it's a great learning curve to see how you're dealing with it and let them kind of you're modeling for them. And it's hard. And I, I truly believe right now, I'm trying to probably, I have more than 10 clients, but like 90%, I would say nine out of 10, but 90% of my clients have some sort of anxiety going on. And some is more chronic and some is more, um, you know, worry, but we're watching it for anxiety kind of thing. But with the pandemic, there's been a lot more of that. And I think as we learn more about anxiety and it becomes more normalized, which it has been, more people are going to identify as an anxious person. Oh, that is so true. And so profound. It's like, you almost live in fear of having the fear. Like you just, <laughs> like if you can make space for acknowledging it, just like you would, if you were feeling sad or if you were feeling, you know, anything, but just realizing that like, it's something that you carry and it's something you can move through. And it's not a place, you know, like it's, because you're right. I I feel like I'm like afraid of giving it. And therefore I'm almost like amplifying it because I'm like being more anxious about the anxiety, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Just, wow. Like when you said that, I'm like, that makes so much sense. Like almost giving it the space to just be what it is. And it's in that, in that modeling, which modeling is so important for children. If my son can see me having it and also living with it and coping with it and moving through it, then it's like, I don't even necessarily have to have that verbal conversation about it. Like he's going to grow up with an understanding of this is a, it's like, you're normalizing it. Right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm getting in my, honestly, since probably since COVID started, I've gotten very much more into like holistic sides of things and how I can use that within my therapy and my coaching and stuff. And I have a really good friend who you know, works as an anxiety coach. And she has kind of turned her own anxiety into like this quote unquote superpower. And I think it's very interesting to think about it that way of like, you have this innate ability in you to recognize when recognize your feelings, your anxieties are really strong feeling that you feel in your body. So if you can use that to start recognizing other feelings, you just become a very emotionally regulated human being. So there is, you know, things you can do. And it's, it's difficult because anxiety really is this intense worry and fear and around the future, around things we can't control, around things that could happen, could not happen. And we can, I can go down the anxiety spiral so easily. So it's kind of learning to disrupt those thoughts too, is like really crucial. And, you know, when I work with like a little kid, like I'll say like anywhere from like four to eight, who exhibits anxiety, it's really about first, like recognizing how we feel feelings, like where the feelings are, do we have a name for them? Um, it's, it's a lot of stuff, but I, I, we're not going to like get rid of anxiety in total, like it's going to exist. So how can we make it not so scary? 
How do you do that then with the little ones where you say like, where is it in your body or like things like that? Like what kind of techniques can we be using as adults? Like since I recognize it in myself and I definitely see my son doing the same. So like in that moment, how can I help him like start to reframe it? So like thinking of it like a feeling or thinking of it almost like a separate entity, like where is it? Or almost like I've heard of um, some therapists almost saying like, it's like an anxiety monster or like something like a (laughs) thing where like, it's like a, like a part of you that you can like pinpoint, like how can we get that conversation going with little ones? Sure. I try really hard. And like I, I've in my like start as a therapist, I've definitely used anxiety monster and things like that. And I like, like, it's nice to have, you know, a, a different framework, but I, I've learned in the last probably two years to really try not to identify any emotion as good or bad because uh, they're really just, I mean, they're feelings. Right. like, it's just, yeah. and I think even myself, like being angry is scary. There's people who, you know, hate being angry or whatever it is. So I, I try really hard not to identify it as good or bad. And when, if a child is in it, like if the child is actively going down an anxious spiral and they don't really know, I'll, I'll have them stop sometimes and close their eyes and like really squeeze their body. Like, like they'll like make a fist and like make tension and I'll say like, okay, like let's squeeze, 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 where, and then let go and then release. What do we feel? And they're usually like, oh, it was really tight. Like it hurt. It was weird. And then it like, and then it felt good or whatever, whatever words they use. And I kind of describe that as like almost an analogy for anxiety of like, it feels like a lot of tension and things are going to blow. And then if we let go, it feels okay. Like we can breathe. We got this. Um, That's really awesome. Cause you're right. There is a feeling of like a release there, but to try to understand, like to try to be a four or five-year-old kid and understand that doesn't make much sense, but to feel it in your body, then they can equate it. Oh, I love that. Great tip. Yeah. And I personally will do it myself that I notice myself all like, even in sessions because we were doing a lot of virtual sessions. I'm like, all and then my, my kids, my clients know this too. Like I'll have like putty in my hands or something I'm holding because it's tactile and it, it helps me. And I, you know, encourage that for my kids too, because it gives us something else to focus on. And I, you know, I talk a lot about coping skills and like, but I think there's a difference between somebody who like needs to distract themselves or sue themselves. So if you're a child or even it's really an adult tip too, but if you're a person who like, it's too hard right now to deal with the emotion, it's appropriate to distract yourself and go do something like take a walk or do something that makes you not think about the emotion. The part that we forget sometimes is to go back to deal with it, to figure out what happened. If you're a soother, you're kind of dealing with it in the moment. You're getting a blanket, you're crying about it, you're whatever. And I think it's important to know your child in that way too. Like sometimes we need a break. (laughs) Oh, I like, I wish people could like see my reaction that like, um, I can't even describe to you how profound that is for me with my child. So he, and actually when you said that, like you said, even an adult tip, like, oh my God, like I am the distractor who likes to like stew on things and come back later. Like I am not a soother. I'm not the person that instantly goes to crying or comfort. I'm the person that goes to like, like, let me like get through this right now and then come back. And it's funny because I think this is part of the reason my son is such a challenge for me personally, because he evokes so much in me because we are so similar. So he, he is the person, like there's a, um, another account that I follow. They talk a lot about kids that like, you can't go through the front door. It's like too vulnerable. It's too direct. Like you have to go through like the side door, the window, come down the chimney, like do all the crazy things to try to get them to like come back and talk about their emotions. And so this is my son, because the second you try to work through something and you bring up a feeling, 
it's like, it's almost too um, direct and it almost makes him <laughs> shut down further because he's like, I'm not trying to go there. So he'll block you out or um, he gets really angry. And I've been noticing a lot lately, it's like aggression. Like he wants to throw or hit or spit. Um, and I have to remind myself that he's four and that's that stress behavior at a four-year-old level. And I get that, but that feeling of how to get the kid that doesn't want to just cry and soothe right now, doesn't want a hug, doesn't want you to put your hand by them, doesn't want to really talk about it, wants you almost to just like let them go and have the reaction and move through it. Like, and, and then it's like struggling later to come circle back where they're actually going to be open to hearing you. I find with my son, he's more into like, pretend and play and storytelling so he wants to almost like make a script about like you know you say this and pretend you're mad about that and like we act it out and, and it gets challenging because I'm like let's talk about it let's work through <laughs> it. it's like if he doesn't do it the way I want him to I feel like it's I'm not doing my job does that make sense it makes complete sense, but I would argue that you are doing your job. I mean, it's totally age appropriate for a four-year-old to not want to have a direct conversation and to be like, let's play. I like love that, that he's able to do that. But I would, I would jump back and say like when he's having like, I guess a meltdown or a tantrum, it's hard to know which one, but when he's having that, those reactions, and this is hard for parents. Cause like, we don't, you know, we're taught like you don't hit, you don't spit, you don't do all these right. things, yeah. but we're like, but they're kids. And honestly, sometimes like I want to bang around and like scream. So they want to too. It's like, can we redirect it to a safe space? So instead of, you know, throwing everything in our site, do we have like a throwing corner or like we can throw this into the pillow as many times as we want until we feel it better. Mm. And, you know, there is some, you know, like science behind that of like, we, we need to have our tantrums so that we actually feel that feeling to a 10. And once we feel that feeling to a 10, it starts to go down. We as humans like to feel our feelings like halfway. I feel like we never feel them fully. If we felt them fully, a lot of things would stop getting stored in our bodies. Like, you know, like that lingering, like, you're like, why am I angry? Why am I anxious? Nothing's wrong. You're like, I don't know. Usually it's because we like, kind of push something under we're like all right well whatever we'll deal with it later um and I know for myself that's what happens and do you feel like that's because we've been taught as a society growing up that like anger is bad sadness is Mm -hmm. bad don't feel that way and and it's like you can't help but feel that way because that's your human innate emotion but we've been taught not to express it we've been taught to like you shouldn't throw you shouldn't yell you shouldn't stomp your feet you can't talk to me like that And so therefore, like you end up stuffing it in because you're trying not to project it outward. Do you think that has something to do with it? Yeah, I do. And I think it's something I'm still learning myself. Like I'm almost learning alongside some of my clients in this way because we, you know, there's this line of parenting where it's like, there's an appropriateness of like having kids express emotions. And then there's like a disrespect and it's hard to figure out where that line is. But I almost argue that if it's not directed towards somebody and it's in a safe container, why can't we have our reaction? And like, I I don't know where I read this. It may have been on Instagram or whatever it was or a blog post. I had read something that really was profound for me where this parent, I think her child was a little bit older, like maybe like 12, her parent like had taught her child, like, this is how we feel anger. This is, we, we stomp around and we feel it to a 10. And she actually noticed her child feeling this way stopped the car, got out on the side of the road and let her child like throw a fit. And to other people watching that, that was probably the most alarming thing, but it worked. Mm -hmm. And it also comes with like knowing your child and what they're comfortable with. But I have clients right now who 
you know, to express that much emotion creates anxiety. So we're trying to figure out like this middle ground of like, why is, why is emotion not safe? So there's, there's a lot to kind of unpack. I've never considered the other side of that. I think it's, I mean, it's funny because when you say that, because like my son's like the opposite, like he's like on a hundred all the time. Um, he's got something called sensory processing disorder where he's like a seeker. So everything is big. Everything's intense. Everything's like full throttle. Um, and sure. he's been like that from the get-go. So like his feelings are big feelings. Like, and when he gets mad, he gets really mad and, and it's cool. And, and, and we've done a lot of work. Cause again, like I went into parenting thinking, here's how you do this. And here's how you do that. And then all of a sudden I have a kid that challenges everything I thought. And that's kind of what was the whole basis of my, my, you know, podcast and my Instagram. Like that's literally it. I'm growing up with my child because he's challenging me to stretch myself in ways I never saw coming. Um, so we do a lot of, you can stomp your feet, you can scream, you can yell, you can cry. You can even throw your toys like in your play pad where they're your toys. And if they break, they break, but like, you're not going to throw, you know, something hard at my head, or you're not going to, yeah. you, know, you, you can hit something, go hit your drum set. Don't hit my body because I'm a human and that hurts me. So let me move my body away. Like we do a lot of that. Or like, you know, I could see myself stopping the car and saying, you know, what? knock yourself out, go out, you know, go in the <laughs> and kick and scream and do your thing. And yes, it is alarming to other people that are like, whoa, you're just going to let them do that. And you're like, I kind of don't really have a choice. Like, cause you never met my kid. And like, if we don't let this out, this is going to be, it's like, we're going to double down and we're going to explode. So we just have to like, let it go. But I've never yeah. considered that for some people. And honestly, as I'm saying this, I think this might be me <laughs> um, mm-hmm. that I almost get scared of the big feelings. Like that actually makes me feel more out of control and I don't like feeling out of control. So I maybe am a little bit more sensitive in that way than my son is like, he wants to go for it. And I'm kind of like, don't really know how to like, let myself fully go there. Like I do a lot of work with my therapist about feeling feelings and not thinking through my feelings. Totally. I, think I try to control. Did you say fawn? Is that I said, said totally, but oh. no, but I, yeah, fawn. I got fun. it. Yeah. Like, I am a fawn. I do. Yes. Fawn. That's my, <laughs> yeah, no, I think I, um, I, yeah, like I think it through. So I don't, I prevent myself from feeling it so big, if that makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that was also me for a while. I've gotten a little bit better at it, but also me for a while, like being very in my head, kind of like knowing I'm sad, but like nothing comes out and it's yes. stoic and like that kind of thing. And it's kind of, once you get used to, once you kind of overcome the idea that like feelings aren't scary or they're not bad mm. and then you still can't feel you're like this is so weird like what is wrong with me it becomes I'm, like an android. I'm like am I like a robot because <laughs> I'm actually really empathetic, yeah. but somehow I can't get there when I'm sad right. or I don't know it's in your own like body if something is wrong with like you or something happened to you you can't like for me I can cry anytime for somebody else but for myself it's a little bit harder and I think it is like a product of our environments too like I you know grew up with I like I said my mom was anxious and she's a wonderful person she's probably the best person in my life but my mom was anxious there was a lot of big feelings thrown my way in different ways like there was you know expectations all of this stuff and I kind of (gasps) went okay, we're just going to hold it. We're going to hold it. And then I would have my moments of, you know, exploding. And I, I see that, you know, in some of my clients, I see that I'm working with a child right now who, you know, is in elementary school and is quite a perfectionist. And that's an own version of anxiety, but then also has me the HD diagnosis or whatever it is. So there's like these two things like pushing against each other of like, I need to be perfect, but 
I literally can't be because it's so hard for me and none of us can be. And there's just so many things there. And like with your son working on sensory stuff too, I mean, the world is already so big to him and there's already so much stuff going on that I can't imagine. Like, I think the world is big and I don't have sensory issues or anything like that, but to have sensory issues and to need that place, I feel like you're doing from what you're telling me, you're doing such a good job with like navigating it and you're not, it's new. So you can't know how to navigate it until you get there. Oh, and it's funny because in, in helping him, I'm identifying so much and healing so much of my inner child, because there is so much that when I'm allowing him to, you know, express himself and teach him about his big feelings and his big emotions, it's like, oh my gosh, is this why I don't feel that? Because maybe I don't give myself the space to have the big feeling or like, I've learned to, like you said, like, you know, internalize it instead of just letting it out because I stuff it down in and I'm with you. Like I have a wonderful mom as well, but yeah, she grew up, you know, huge warrior. And then we had a, a, you know, a fairly large family trauma when I was 15 years old, when my brother died. And I feel like at that point, it was like, I'm very empathetic and we're very in tune with each other. And I think there was a large part of me that um, felt and it was never verbally put on me. I have very loving parents who would have given me all the support had I come and asked for it. Um, but I think they were not in a position at that time to maybe see my struggles. And I was more like my son where I'm not just going to like come up to you and, and tell you, you kind of have to read between the lines. And um, I think for me, I learned to kind of to, to quiet my feelings because I didn't want to add more to my mom's plate you know, and, Mm -hmm. and it's not by any fault of theirs. They were doing the best that they could, but there is that feeling of, is that where I kind of learned to not feel and start to think and not, you know, and all that. And, and so you're right. Like I see that kind of in my son and I'm trying to really, it's like, oh my God, talk about like the polarity. I'm trying to go the complete opposite for him, but it's almost been really helpful because I'm going like, wow, maybe I can use some of this in my adult self now, you know, it's totally, Good. I really, I relate to that whole like journey, I will say in my own way, but it, I, we had talked a little bit about, like you said, inner child and like play and stuff. And I think one of the ways that we connect with our inner child, and this is something that I'm still learning, it's fairly new to me, but I think it's really helpful. And I love like that you talk about this too, is like as adults, when kids want to play or act out things like your son does and act out his feelings, we're like, wait, but like, are you getting it? Like, I don't understand. Like, we're not directly saying like you had a feeling and it's like, they're totally getting it. The play is like one of the best sweets. And I tell parents all the time, I'll say like, join your child's world. And what I mean by that is like, literally join them in play and let them lead if they want to. Or like, if they don't lead, like, you know, bring something in be like, Oh, this doll looks sad. What do you think? Like, whatever it is. And like, you can learn so much. And I think we forget that kids are kids and we're supposed to play. And I, you know, rediscovered like my own sense of play probably in the last year and a half or everything, because we've had more time on our hands for different reasons. (laughs) And we like, forget that we forget how fun it is to play and like how fun it is to be silly and all of this stuff. And we think that we're not supposed to. And when our kids see us play and have fun and be silly, it can be so it can be so powerful, honestly. I agree. And I think a lot of parents just in the, you know, few parents I talk to and what I see on Instagram and stuff, like just open-ended play is a very big challenge for so many adults. 
And it's kind of interesting, like that somewhere along the line, we've kind of like, you know, lost, not lost because it's not gone forever, but like you've like quieted that part of yourself. And you're right. Like when my son wants to act out his feelings, it doesn't look like this perfect little box of like a tied little ribbon of like, here, mom, I sorted through my feelings. Like, and you're right. I'm sitting there going like, wait, is this enough? Have I done enough? Did he work it out? Am I sure that he gets it? Like, cause it's like, he's leading it. And I'm going like, wait, but I'm the parent. I'm supposed to be teaching you, (laughs) but you're right. Like just being there in their world. I love that. When you said that join their world, I love that because you think about like also trusting your kid that like, Mm-hmm. they understand themselves better than I can even understand him. Cause like it's his own world and watching him process his own anxiety and kind of being there as a guide versus me dominating the conversation and making him tie it up in a perfect bow for me to make me feel like I checked that box as a parent, you know? Yeah. It's so funny that you use that analogy. Cause I literally, my, my thought was going to be like, we always want to tie things up in a perfect bow. That's what I was yeah. going to say. But I, yeah, I mean, I think that we, even in therapy, sometimes like I'll have parents who they come in, they'll say like, this is what my child needs to work on. And I'm like, okay, like, I hear you. I can't make your child work on that if they're not ready. So sometimes there, like, there are like certain behavioral things. Yes. There's a very like CBT cognitive behavior therapy approach where like, yes, we're, we're working on this. This is how we're going to work on it. But when it comes to anxiety or feelings and things like that, we do have to go at like the child's speed. And I feel like that's what you're doing. You're saying, Hey, I'm a guide. I'm a support. I have knowledge if you want it, but Mm -hmm. I'll give it to you at your speed and I'll give it to you when you want it. And we do tend to want to say like, don't, don't make these mistakes. Here you go. Here you go. But we can't protect kids from everything. And honestly, this generation of kids, like I get so amped on them. They're so cool. Like the teenagers I work with, the preteens, they're so cool. They're so aware. Um, they care. So I mean, to me, there's credit somewhere in some, in the parenting sphere, people are doing a good job. So, you know, I, I try to like in big picture, remember that we are like, things are improving in some ways. And, you know, when we hear about, you know, anxiety more like depression, more whatever, all this stuff, I think it's also because it's people are getting the space to share more. I think it's kind of always been there, but now people feel comfortable to come out and say like, there they go to therapy therapy is cool right now and I you know have I I love that and then there's like a little bit of me where I'm like okay but like don't like think it's like easy either but you know yeah you're not going to get answers you're going there to do the work is basically right exactly someone's gonna assist you in doing your own work you're not going there as like a band-aid like it's it's hard you know (laughs) it's hard it's hard I talk about my therapist, like if I had a dollar for every time I brought up my therapist in conversation, (laughs) my sessions would pay for themselves. Like I love therapy. I love psychology. I love early childhood development. I found out in raising my son, like I'm so passionate about it. And I mean, I think even people who feel happy need a therapist. I'm like, you you don't just go because you're sad. Like just, yeah, like, like having that time just carved out for just whatever and having someone just to see you and hear you, it's just so good for the soul. Like, I, I just love that. I cannot speak highly enough about therapy. You said something in that last little part that really struck with me. And it was about, um, it's like, we, and I think there's a big wave of parenting now where it's like, let your kids feel their feelings. Like big feelings are okay. All feelings are okay. And I think a lot of parents, you know, would come together and agree that that's how we're parenting our kids. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be whatever, but you're right. There's like this feeling of 
if you aren't on my timeline, like I'm in, I'm in this conversation with you right now to try to help you through this moment. And if my kid's not ready to talk about that moment, it's like, there's some part of me that's a control freak. That's like, wait, we're supposed to work on this right now. We had this happen, you know, earlier today, and I need to talk about it with you right now. And it's like, you're right. We kind of forget that, like, if they're not ready to talk about it, they're not ready to talk about it. And we have to like, learn how to like dial our own control back and follow their lead and trust that they will get the lessons that they need in time when they're ready, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, it's, and it's one of my hardest lessons as my yeah. own human, like to, you know, when I, cause I like to talk, like when I'm feeling sad or I'm upset or like somebody upset me, I, I do like to say like, Hey, like, let's talk about it. I've had friends, I've had, you know, relationships, all of this stuff where like that wasn't their way of dealing with something. So it's very challenging, but I think it, it with parenting and kids, it's kind of learning to figure out what's your feelings and your stuff versus what's your kid's stuff. And it's really hard because things do intertwine and there is stuff that's family stuff, but ultimately there's stuff that's very separate. And, you know, it's, I obviously, cause I see a lot of kids in therapy and I coach kids and all of that. I see, I talk to a lot of parents and I do a lot of collateral sessions and all of this stuff. And sometimes I'm like, Hey, like maybe getting your own therapist is a good way of going about it. Not be, so that you can, you know, fix everything and all of this, but so that you can vent about your kid. So you can vent Ooh. about what's going on for you because this is hard. But my job, like I just had two collateral sessions this week and one of them with the child and one of them was just parents. And I said like, my, I'm here as an advocate for your child. I can't support you or support you. I have to be there for your child. And this is stuff you can do to help support that. But you know, I have to kind of draw the line of like, I want to support you also, but you need your own support. So there's, there's a lot there. And I, like you said, I, I love therapy and not because I'm a therapist, but I just think it's so helpful. I was in therapy. I just stopped therapy like a week ago and I feel very weird about it. I was, I thought I was going to be in it forever. I love my therapist. Um, you know, I'm, but I'm now doing kind of what you talked about. I was in therapy for three years, very committed. I didn't feel as committed anymore. And now I'm going to do like check-ins when I need it. And that's the part that I want people to do more of. It's like, you don't have to go to therapy just because you're sad or anxious or all of this. You can go to therapy and everything can be fine just to have, you know, a supportive third party. And especially like, I, I won't get into all of like the nitty gritty about it, but if you are in a place to afford private practice, then there's, you know, the benefit is therapists can work on your timeline. You can do monthly therapy. You can do monthly therapy. There's choices. But. Yeah. I love that. But, and so how do you know, like, uh, I'm thinking about my son and I'm like, I already see the writing on the wall that he's, he's kind of anxious and he's mm-hmm. definitely got perfectionist tendencies. There might be an ADHD diagnosis in our future. Cause he's a very busy child. Um, I'm wondering like, when do parents make the call? Like what age, what are the like kind of symptoms? Like, when do you yeah. feel like time to seek out a professional? It's a hard thing to say. I think, I think a lot of times what happens is the school gets involved in some way and the school is saying there's an issue. Usually it's a behavioral issue, honestly, which is unfortunate. Um, and then the parent seeks out therapy and it's usually because they want to fix this behavioral issue and then everything kind of comes out. What, and I think this is because of, you know, resources and stuff. I've worked in, a, I worked in a clinic for five and a half years as a therapist. And obviously that was lower income and socioeconomic and all of that. So those kids really came because there was a heavy, real big trauma or they had behavioral problems in school. So that was the only reason. When I work with kids in private practice, 
parents are just more in tune to like, my kid needs something or there are kids who ask for it, which I think is really interesting. But to answer, to answer your question, I think if it's coming across your mind, there's any, and it's something you can do, it's never going to be a bad thing. But I would say like, I always, one of my first questions every time I see a child is like, what did your mom or dad or grandparent, whoever your caregiver was tell you about this? Like, what do you know? Because some parents come in and tell their kid nothing. They're like, oh, you're going to meet with this lady. And some parents tell them all about therapy. And, you know, I, I, it can go either way. It's fine. But with little, little kids, they sometimes look at me like a teacher. Like I'm just another teacher. And, you know, in a point it's okay in some ways, but like kids call me Erica. So like, they're like, wait, why aren't you miss, miss whoever? Right. And I'm like, well, because like, I'm, I'm here to, we're here to be friends and help you. And to like, Mm. you know, to be supportive and all of this. So I would say like, if your kid's young, like a four-year-old, I I think four is like the age where kids kind of start. Most therapists will start kids at like five. I've seen four-year-olds. Um, I would say like there's family therapy or like where a parent can also be involved. They, that starts as young as two, honestly, but that can be challenging. Um, really like, Hey, like, do you, do you want to talk to somebody and like play with somebody about kind of all these big feelings? I, I think it starts with the feelings. And I, if your kid feels too young to go, I always, I suggest the parent goes or do some parent coaching or do some sort of parent training. And then when your kid is ready or you feel like your child has um, enough verbal skills to go or enough play skills to go, then you kind of make that determination. But it's not like a lifelong thing. Therapy can be lifelong if you want, but it can be two months. It could be six months. There's so many different levels. I mean, I, I have therapist friends who see people for 10 sessions and they solve a problem and that's it. I tend to see people longer because I, you know, I'm not going to kick you out unless I feel like you're really good and ready to go. But it's, it's, there's not like a straight answer to that. I hope I answered your question. I know I threw a lot. (laughs) I actually like the idea of even just like getting them in with someone almost, this is going to kind of sound odd. So hopefully this makes sense. Like almost as like an introductory to therapy so that if, and when, cause I already see the writing on the wall that he's, he's He's a perfectionist. He's going to have anxious tendencies. He has trouble sometimes emoting like in verbally his feelings. So it might be right. more like an aggression thing or whatever. So to me, I'm like, well, if I got him started seeing someone, even if it was like once a month or something, the door would be open so that when, and mm-hmm. if there is a bigger issue, it wouldn't be this big, like, oh, now you need this. Something's wrong. Totally. We're just going to see Erica again and talk to her a little bit more because she, you know, she seems to kind of help us when we do that, you know, it kind of like almost like normalizes it in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know with him, like, he knows, like on, when I would do my sessions, like on the weekends or something, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go talk to, you know, my therapist, Miss Rachel or whatever. And so he knows. And I just tell him, it's like my, you know, it's like my brain doctor. She like helps me, you know, with my feelings. So we talk a lot about that. So it's like, I try to take the stigma away. Cause you're right. Like there's nothing that's like shameful or, um, you're not like broken. If you're going, it's, it's like actually very brave to say, I need some support. Like, I just want to feel better. So how, yeah. like, it's, it's very, um, it should be spun as like a positive thing. You're just getting more tools in your tool belt. You know what I mean? Yeah. I say that all the time. And it's also the first, if you're saying you want therapy and then go, that's one thing you say you want therapy. That's a win. If you actually go and find a therapist and go to the first session, you're already, you've already done so much, like Uh, so much. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, kids really do take away. I have a kid now who I just started with, um, a few weeks ago 
and literally was basically me like wouldn't talk to me and then the last session I had all we did was talk so it's like something is clicking it just wasn't at my speed and trust me I had my own feelings but I'm like oh come on but it's there's just a lot there but I love what you're doing about like normalizing your own therapy process because you're already putting in your child's head like hey this is okay this is so good if you need this it's available to you and I wouldn't I would bet that your child if they do need help I I could hear them saying like I want a brain doctor. I need somebody or I want a feelings person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I have one more question before we go. I'm thinking about the times this is might just be specific to my son, but I'm sure it's not. I'm sure this will resonate with other people. When I'm going through something, he is very sensitive. He starts taking things on that are like adult problems, like quote unquote, Mm -hmm. if you will, that he doesn't need to worry about. Like, he's like, you know, mom, are you stressed about this? And then he starts to Right. And so you're like, I don't want to say, don't worry about it because that's not helpful because he is worrying about it. How do you kind of like validate that they're struggling, but also take responsibility away from them having to feel it without like minimalizing them having feelings. Does that make sense? Yeah. It makes complete sense. Yeah. I, I think if we can, obviously not always perfect, doing the work beforehand of like, what is an adult problem? What is a kid problem? If you see an adult problem, who can you go to? Like having those conversations. And that's a really common conversation I have in therapy of like, okay, like, is this an adult problem? Is this a kid problem? But I think that part, honestly, some therapistness is that, okay, we identify it as adult problem. It doesn't mean it's okay. It doesn't mean it went away for the kid. So it's like, it's really just like, how is this affecting you? And what, is there something I can do that would make you let it go? I love this idea of like letting go your worries and giving them to your parents either at night. I, I t- tend to talk about it as a bedtime thing of like, okay, how was your day today? Today was, even if today was a good day, even though good's not a feeling. Can right. we say, you know, can we, do you have any worries? Do you have any fears? Do you have anything? Can you give it all to mommy and I'll hold it for you. And if you need them back, I'll give them back to you. And it's kind of like, all right, I was worried about this or I'm worried about that. And it's like, okay, I got them. They're safe with me. I have them. Now you can sleep nicely. And like, it's almost like a play visceral thing of like, we're not making them go away. They're just getting a new home for a second. So I, I, I try to that. do, yeah, I try to do things like that. Um, Cause honestly, sometimes when you feel your parents' feelings or like you feel like it's yours, it will go away if we just kind of let it sit. Um, but you know what? That's, that's a basis of a lot of my own anxiety of like feeling other people's stuff. And it really just means you have a very empathetic and intuitive child. <laughs> but when you're four. Because I remember being that kid and being like, oh yeah. my God, I feel that this person's stressed. I feel like, you know, my mom's upset with this, but I'm feeling like it's at me because I'm taking Aww. that on, you know, and I know he feels the exact same way. So it's like, and it, and it triggers me. That's a trigger for me because I don't want yeah. to take that on. But you're right. I love that idea of, um, like to to have him give it away because you're right. I think at at a four-year-old level, that makes a lot of sense. But what that's really, I think imparting with him is to kind of like vent it out. Like, don't try to, don't try to just sweep it under the rug. Like 
let it out. Like let your feelings go talk about it, write it down and then get it out of your brain a little bit and Draw, put it give it space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I just love that. That is such a great tip. I'm absolutely going to try that because my son does a lot of nightmares and at nighttime bedtime has become a really stressful event because he's afraid sure. to sleep because he's worrying. And so I love that at night, maybe we can say like, let's talk about our worries that give them to me and I'll hold on to them. I love. Yeah. Love and if a child feels like it's like bad to give their worries to like their parent, it's like, uh, do they have a stuffed animal? Can we give them to them? And like, they're yeah. still going to be there if we wake up, you know, like they're not, we didn't get rid of them. They're not in the garbage and where they're just there. And yeah. if you want them, you can take them back. If you don't want them, then we leave them. You know, it's, yeah. it's like this, this bear, this person, this person can handle it like this. They've got it. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's a whole, it's, I, I, it helps with the play. And I think, you know, there's a lot. I just think like, I honestly, I think your child's so lucky to have you. You sound oh, like you're thanks. just like, Gosh, you're welcome. You. Yeah, I think parents need to hear that more. If your oh. child's in therapy, but by and large, you're doing something right. Or if you're in therapy, there is there something you're doing right? I rarely come across a parent who is mm-hmm. not doing something right. So. I would like to go back to, and I tell people this all the time, if you are noticing it and you're even worried about doing the right thing, you're already doing the right thing because totally. you're, you're tuned in enough to care. And caring and getting your mind right to offer support is half the battle. It's just the doing, taking the next step. That's it, you know? Yeah. Um, this conversation has been amazing. I feel like I could talk to you forever. Um, can you just let us know how to find you, what kind of stuff you have going on, anything you want to plug, any of that kind of stuff? Yeah. So, yeah, I had so much fun with this conversation too. Oh, so thank good. you for having me. Yeah. It was the best. But yeah, I'm therapy with Erica on Instagram. And then my website is therapywithericaz.com. And I'm available for therapy for people in New York, but also I do a lot of like strategy sessions for parents and like social coaching and all of that. So all that information is basically on my Instagram or my website, but you can always DM me and let's figure out what the best resources for you. Yes. You were really wonderful to DM back and forth. I feel like you were so attentive and like got back promptly. And so if anyone out there is thinking like, wow, she's been wonderful. She totally would get my kid. Like, don't hesitate to reach out to Erica because she has been wonderful to chat with. So thank you you so much. It was so nice to finally meet you. And I just have been loving your account and I'll keep sharing your stuff. And I just, I know everyone will love this conversation. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, everybody. I hope you found that as insightful as I did. I had so much fun talking to Erica, and I'm sure that you got lots of good nuggets out of that conversation. Um, just to reiterate again, her Instagram handle is at therapy with Erica, and Erica is spelled E-R-I-C-A. So give her a follow. Make sure you check all of her good stuff out on her website. Again, she's available for therapy and coaching and different workshops and just has lots of resources for for all of us, all of us parents out there, anyone that's struggling with any mental health or struggles with our children. So definitely use those resources. Again, if you need to reach out to me, it's grow.up.ig on Instagram or thegrowuppod at gmail.com. Again, just wanted to say happy holidays to everybody out there. Um, We're almost through this tough season, and I know it's hard with the pandemic, and I know this year, especially in Michigan, it hasn't felt much like, 
you know, the right weather or the right feel around Christmas time just feels a little bit harder in our second pandemic, you know, Christmas for us since we celebrate Christmas or other holidays for all of you out there. And I just wanted to say I see you and I hope it's going as smoothly as it possibly can be for you. So I will talk to you next time. Don't be afraid to reach out and keep doing your best. Bye bye. Oh, 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 oh,